Well, good morning, and my name is Aaron. If you don't know me, uh, I'm an elder here. I'm uh, one of the, the two elders of Christ First Watford. And I want to bring you a final encouragement in our psalm series. We've, we've had a summer in the psalms. We've had several weeks. We started way back when with uh, Matthew, who looked at Psalm 139 with us. And we've gone through right through to now. Uh, and uh, so I want to bring you a final encouragement. It's not to say that the rest of the year won't be encouraging, but just that this is the, a specific a series that we've been doing through psalms. Uh, but before that, though, I want to just ask the question uh, or sort of maybe you can uh, sympathise with me. Have you ever walked into a room and forgotten what you went there for? And if it was really a frustrating time, you perhaps had to go upstairs and realised, oh, I've got to this room and I don't know why I came here. It was a waste of effort to go up those stairs. Or maybe if you're like me, I'm not too bad with the room thing, but often I'll, I'll go to the shop Uh, nip round the corner we need something and if I haven't taken a list with me if I haven't written it down if I haven't really sort of concentrated on what I'm meant to be getting sometimes I'll go in and I'll come out with some uh, some interesting or fun items uh, to eat but I will have forgotten what I actually went in there for now maybe uh, you're not like that maybe that's unique to me but I'm pretty sure that it's not Uh, and I'm told that it gets worse as you get older so um (laughs) There's some, there's some knowing amens in the room. Um, if things had gone to plan this year, we wouldn't be in Watford. We would be in Norfolk, the majority of us, and we would be enjoying a weekend of worshipping God, fun, uh, probably taking pictures of people that they wouldn't want seen because they've got jam dripping on their face or whatever. Um, but we'd have been having good fun and eating good food and enjoying fellowship as a church family. But instead we've experienced something quite different. We're, right now we're experiencing something quite different. It's different for, a, for me to be speaking to you in this medium, uh, via this medium. It's, it's something different has happened and it's, it's pretty unique in living memory that the situation that we've been in for the last uh, several months, coming up to six months almost, I think, it's a unique period of time in living memory. And it's a period of time that's forced many to confront Some big questions about life and faith and purpose and what what is it all about? Lots of people have been asking, they've been forced to ask and to confront those big questions. And this morning, I I hope to try and answer one of those questions or at least provide a framework to answer one of those questions by bringing this final encouragement from the Psalms. And that question is, what am I here for? What am I here for? And when you've had to stop work, when you've had to stop seeing people, when the busyness of life is is grinds to a halt and is forced to stop, we can begin to question that purpose. What am I here for? I'm not doing my job anymore. That was a a big part of what I'm here for. I'm here to do my job. And and maybe uh, you've lost your job or you've been put on furlough for a period of time, or maybe you've had to carry on and uh, uh, in a slightly different way. But we can begin to question what what is my purpose? What am I really here for? And that is a fantastic question to ask. It's a really good question. I love it when people genuinely ask these kinds of questions. I love it when people uh, ask big questions and I love it when they're genuinely interested in finding the answers. That's why one of the reasons I love things like Alpha, where you can go along and ask questions, because 
I know if you are genuinely seeking answers and you are genuinely after this is what is life about Christianity, the Christian faith, the the God that we serve is robust and stands up to those questions and can provide meaningful, good answers to those questions. And so this morning, I want to ask you, do you know what you're here for? Because there are a lot of distractions in life. It may be that actually you went into the shop to get some eggs and you were distracted by the sweet and salty popcorn or the chocolate eclairs or something less bad for you, but still fun. There are a lot of distractions in life and we can forget why God has put us here. Maybe you knew a while ago, this, this is the God, plan God has for me. This is where I want to be headed. This is what God's called me to. And actually the distractions of life have, have drawn you off course. Because you're not here simply to survive the latest crisis in the world. Now, we, we've been dealing with a, a global pandemic, which, as I said, is pretty unique in living memory. But you're not here exclusively to survive that or to survive the next big event, whatever it may be. You're not even here to just maintain and continue being healthy. The, the Bible tells us that our outer person, our outer man is wasting away, but our inner self, our inner man is being renewed day by day. So you're not even here to just be healthy. And so if I think a lot of people, that's been their goal for the last several months. I just want to stay healthy. Actually, that's not what you're here for. That's not what we are here for. We're not here to binge watch as many series as we can on TV. We're not here to cater to the whim, to every whim and desire of our children or our family or our spouse. We're not here to do that. Now, some of those things are good. It's, it's, it's good to survive whatever the latest crisis is. It's good to be healthy. It's good to watch some TV and, or find a way to relax. Maybe you're a binge book reader. Um, it's good to enjoy time with your spouse or family or children. But they're not entirely what we're here for. So what are we here for? That's the question we're looking at this morning. And I always think the best possible place to get answers to those kinds of questions, those big questions in life, is the Bible. It's a great place to turn. It's, it's God has revealed himself through the word. It's him talking to us. He's always talking to us through this. And so it's a great place to get these answers for. And I think the answer, an answer at least, to what am I here for can be found in Psalm 145. And this is a psalm we'll be coming back to in a couple of weeks as we kick off our autumn campaign. But let's look at it together now. Uh, Psalm 145. And it says this, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever. Every day I will bless and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your, of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness and they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. 
All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him and to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. It's the word of the Lord. And so I just want to perhaps walk through this psalm just piece by piece. And we're not going to be able to go through all of it because I, we haven't got that much time. But I want to just bring an encouragement to you to say this is why you are here and there are two sides two aspects to that question there is this is why you're here this is why we're all here there's a general broad sweep of that question why why is anyone here and then there's the specific why are you here why are you specifically were you created I mentioned that Matthew spoke on Psalm 139, which speaks about God knitting us together in our mother's womb, that he formed us. And God formed you for a purpose. God has a destiny and a purpose for you. And but this morning we want to, I want us to look at this broader sweep. Actually, what are we all here for? What is the, what is the purpose of the human race? And uh, I do. I, I'm going to pray for us in a second. I'm going to pray that people will have revelation of those specific calls. Perhaps God called you to something and now you think, well, maybe it's not that. And of course, we we don't hold on to these things with closed fists. We talk about holding them with open hands that actually God has put this thing in my hand and he can take it away and put something else there. We don't sort of hold on to these things in the same way that we hold on to the scripture and what that says about what we're really here for as a in a broader sense. But I'm going to pray for us in a second, but God has revealed himself through the word. He's revealed these answers through the word. And so let me just pray and then we'll begin to walk through these verses. Lord, I thank you for the word of God, your word spoken to us that's been faithfully uh, written down and translated and and kept and stewarded throughout the centuries and and, uh, that's come to us now. What a privilege to live in an age and in a time when the word of God is accessible to everyone in this nation. That with a few clicks on your phone, you can have the word of God. And for a a small amount of money that you can buy a Bible to keep and hold. And so, Lord, I pray that this morning you would speak to us through your word. You would speak to individuals about the call you have on their lives, that what you are calling each of us to. And Lord, I pray that you would remind us again that we would be uh, just our our gaze, our minds, our our thoughts would be filled with the purpose of why we are here. 
And I ask that we would do this in the name of your son, Jesus. We come to you, Father God, and say, please speak or do a work through the Holy Spirit that you would change lives this morning and refresh and reinvigorate us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, this morning we're going to answer the general aspect of the question. Uh, and I just want to note that this is, a, a, as I said, a psalm that we'll be coming back to in a couple of weeks' time, uh, particularly as we look at the, sort of the first few verses. Uh, they're going to be key for us in this autumn term. Uh, and it, it kind of ties into why we are here, the first aspect of why we're here. We're here to worship God. Verses one to three says, I will extol or praise you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Now, it says his greatness is unsearchable. That doesn't mean you shouldn't try and search it. It means you will never reach the depths. We will never exhaust looking into the greatness of God. But those first few verses, I will bless your name forever and ever. Verse two, every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. We have talked a number of times, we're coming up to September 2020 and we've talked about 2020 challenges and we had three of them, 2020, 2020. And it's, can you extend the hope of God in your life to 20 other people? Can you give 20 pounds more every member to the work of this church, that God, the work of God through this church? And can you spend 20 minutes a day with God? Now, every day I will bless and praise your name forever and ever. The destiny of the human race, the destiny of all those who uh, follow Jesus, who love God, is to praise his name forever and ever. And we can search, you can search the greatness of God. And that's what we're going to be doing over the autumn. We're going to be searching the greatness of God and trying to extend our understanding of, of who God is and, and how he acts in the world. But you can do that on a daily basis. And so the challenge is, can you do, give 20 minutes to that? Can you give 20 minutes to relationship with God? I don't know uh, what you, how you, well you've been doing with that, but actually I often think it's like a marriage or a friendship. If you had a friend that you didn't ever talk to or that you were with and then didn't speak to them, the friendship wouldn't deepen. Uh, or if you're in a marriage, you didn't ever talk to your husband or wife, your relationship would, wouldn't deepen and it would go stale eventually because there's no, there's no relationship there if you're not interacting. And so we're here to worship God. And the psalmist here says, the great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. It, the, he hasn't done anything. God hasn't done anything in this in these first three verses. God is simply to be worshipped and praised for who he is. That, and that's, as I said, we're going to be looking at the attributes of God. Who, who is God? And for those reasons, we should worship him. God is worthy of being praised in and of himself. And if we skip down to verses uh, 8 uh, to 21, we see that, that God is worthy to be praised for what he does. We need to worship God for who he is and for what he does. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. We won't go through all of these verses, but his mercy is over all. There's a, there's a general sense in which God is gracious to the world. 
And actually, that can be a hard thing to, to wrestle with or to, to see, in, particularly in situations like this where you think, this has happened right across the world. But actually, when we look at the state of the human heart, the state of uh, our sinful nature, God is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger. He is slow to anger. Because of God's gracious and faithful nature, he, he satisfies the desire of every living thing. Go on to these verses. He opens his hand. He, he causes rain to fall. He's near to all who call on him. God is to be praised for what he does, for his practical provision. He gives to us breath and life. We can breathe in and breathe out and our heart continues to beat. Diana uh, Weeks was 80 this week. If you're on Facebook, you may have seen the, the picture that Andy posted. Tommy and Diana, I, I've known them since I was about 12 years old, uh, probably even younger than that. And every Sunday, almost without fail, they would stand up and testify to the goodness of God and say, I want to thank God that he woke me up this morning, that I went to bed and I woke up. Our lives are vapour. James says that we're like a breath that's, that's gone. Here one moment and gone the next. And yet we, and so we can, we can become so casual and so expectant. Oh, okay, I'm just going to wake up tomorrow. Actually, we wake up because of the goodness of God, because of the grace of God. God's practical provision, his general grace and mercy. As I said, the, the human race, is, we are infected with sin, that we're born sinners. And actually, the, the, the wages for sin, it says in the Bible, is death. That, that should be the, the payment. Let, just Let's get rid of it all. Let's just wipe them away. But actually, there's grace and patience. God says, no, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to provide an avenue for restoration, for uh, renewed righteousness. There's specific grace and mercy to us. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have experienced the grace of God to say you were dead in your sin and I've made you alive through my son, through what Jesus has done, through his life, death, burial and resurrection and ascension. We're here to worship God. We're here to worship God for who he is and for all that he's done, is doing and will do. So I want to encourage you with that Set some time aside to worship God. And then one of the other 2020 challenges that I mentioned, and I'm bringing them up because we, our aim was to have them completed or to work towards them. They're not really a completed thing, but to work towards them to be uh, for September 2020. That was the target date we had in mind. So if you've uh, perhaps slackened off, you can really give a good effort during September to give 20 minutes to worshiping God reading the word, prayer and praising him. So we're here to worship God and we're here to witness. We're here to witness what God is doing in the world. We're here to worship God and witness. And there's two aspects to this. I think there's, there's a taste and tell aspect. Now, as we worship God, that's not a boring thing. I think sometimes... Uh, People can think, oh, you know, I just want to go. I'm going through the motions. But actually, when you get into uh, the habit and you sort of 
have established a good rhythm of life and your relationship with God is really firing on all cylinders, it's, 20 minutes goes so quickly. And it's a joy to spend time in God's presence. I'm sure we will all love to be in one another's presence again when we're physically able to. And Andy and I have talked a few times about when can we meet together as a church? How could we do it? How could, that Sunday morning, I mean, there was a taste of it, just a taste in the, in the driving service. But that, that moment when we can all be physically back together, worshiping God, we, it's gonna be a long service, I anticipate. It's not gonna be, oh, you know, wasn't it boring standing there singing? It's gonna be a delight to be together worshiping God, declaring the goodness of God and the grace that he's shown us, celebrating that. So there's a tasting aspect where we, as we taste what God has done and is doing in our lives, we then tell other people. We look at verses uh, four to seven, uh, and there's a few other references to it as well. Uh, But it says this, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth or praise the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Then in verses 11 and 12, it says, they shall speak of the glory of of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. We are here to witness, to witness for ourselves. The word witness, I think, is important. Jesus said, you'll receive power to be my witnesses. You can't be a witness for something you haven't experienced. You can be in a court case. People are called as witnesses who are at the event. And you wouldn't call someone as a witness who had no expertise in the area or uh, wasn't at the event. There's no, it would be no good me being called to a trial for something if I wasn't there and if I didn't know the people. We're called to be a witness by tasting of the Lord, tasting and seeing that he's good, experiencing him at work in our lives. And once we've done that, we need to then share that with the next generation. I love this psalm and I often pray about it Uh, pray through it about our our young people, our children in the church, the under 18s. But, uh, and that's an easy way to read it. One generation shall commend your works to another. And that's a a fine way to read it. That is simply what it is. But there's another aspect to it. The only reason you are here is because someone shared the gospel with you. One generation of believers, followers of Jesus Christ, shared the gospel with the next generation. And it's a, it's a, I can't remember who said it now, but there's a famous quote where it says, Christianity is always one generation away from disappearing on the earth. Now, God's not going to allow that to happen, but we're always one generation away. If we don't share the gospel, if we don't uh, tell of all that God has done, if we don't be witnesses for him, then who is going to be? We need to share what we have experienced with the next generation. And I think that's, it is true. It's true in family discipleship. It's, it's my, primarily mine and Megan's responsibility to teach our girls and uh, Millie, Lara and Joseph, uh, our, our son, to teach them about what God has done. And there's some resources we can recommend for that. We're trying to do that. It's not always easy. They're not always interested. 
but it's important that we are tasting of what God has done and then we're, we're, we're including them in that. We're bringing them into that. It says family discipleship. Maybe your children are grown up or maybe you don't have any children and actually there's, a, there's an aspect where the church family is your family and it's your responsibility to share with the next generation in the church family all that God is doing and has done and will do and to invite them into that. On When we were used to many, many months ago, if you can remember that far back, the children would go out to impact and crash and forge and it's it would be not the parents necessarily of those children that are instructing them and commending them to them the works of the Lord. And as I said, in terms of those who are outside of the family of God, there's, there's a need for us to witness to those who don't yet know Christ, who haven't had an encounter with the living God, who haven't said, I'm going to follow Jesus. He is my Lord and he is my saviour. He saved me from the sin and the wrong that I'm doing and I'm turning to follow him. It's up to us to, co- to commend the works of God to this next generation. We're here to worship God and to witness for him. So what are you here for? A helpful way to remember this and something that I, it's stuck with me for many years, it must be over two decades now, it's, it's really sort of lodged with me, is the first question of the, the Westminster Shorter Catechism. It says, what is the chief end of man or what is the purpose of the human race? And I've said this many times and I'll say it again, I love this as a reference point. It's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. To glorify God and to enjoy, enjoy him forever. Now, this is it's such a simple way. You can remind yourself of that every morning. You can, as your eyes open on the day, you can ask yourself the question, what am I here for? I'm here to enjoy God and to glorify him forever. It's a simple way to remember that. We're here to let the world know about the gracious, glorious, merciful, compassionate, faithful, loving God we know and serve. You can begin to to live out this broad call of God on your life today. You can begin to do it today. You can say, it's wonderful, good time at church this morning. And I'm going to respond to that by this evening. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray before I go to sleep. And as you do that, as you continue to commit yourself to worshipping and witnessing in a general broad sense that we're all here for, you'll begin to see God work in particular areas and you can search out the specific call of God on your life. Maybe God has called you specifically to worship and witness in the context of under 18s. Maybe he's called you specifically to witness and worship in the context of those who haven't yet met Jesus. Now those things are to some degree everyone's responsibility. My children watch everyone else when they when we were together in Westfield they would see how everyone else is worshiping. So when we turn up on a Sunday it's not to put on a show but we have a responsibility we're modeling for the next generation. So there's two ways I want to encourage you to respond this morning. 
One is prayer. If you would like to receive prayer for anything that's been mentioned this morning, uh, the anxiety uh, of starting school or your children going back to school, or if you feel like, actually, I've not been living with this. This is what I'm here for. I've been living with a sense of purpose and destiny in a general sense then you can be prayed for. If you feel like you haven't been living with a specific destiny or call and you think, I want God to speak to me about that, you can receive prayer this morning. Or you can simply talk those things through. If you want to be in a, put into a, a, just a general breakout room just to chat with people, uh, then that can happen. Uh, but I'm going to read a prayer uh, to us, or I'm going to pray for us as we finish. Hiding my head there. Um, but I'm going to pray for us and then we'll be finished for this morning. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your grace and mercy and faithfulness. And we praise you for your unsearchable greatness. And we thank you for making yourself knowable. We're sorry for not searching you out more and being content to exist in the shallows of your greatness. We're sorry for not speaking out and being active in your kingdom advance. Help us to be grateful to you and to speak, sing, declare, meditate and search out your greatness. Help us to commend you to the next generation. Lead us, Lord. Amen. Amen.